What's up everybody, Brandon Fountain here with Let's Talk Filmmaking, of course. Uh, B is not here with me, but I still have an amazing guest. My friend Jason Woods with Sisu Studios, and he has a short film. I really wanted to get him on the show so he can really talk about the pre-production, uh, the meaning behind it, all the obstacles he has to go through. Um, he's even put it through a couple of film festivals, so hopefully we can get as much information because I do know uh, this year a lot of people want to make things happen, especially with the short films, and especially since uh, these platforms are really fighting to look for content to put on their platform. So definitely use this time to work on your craft and get your short films out there, and yeah, this is going to be one of those episodes. You're listening to Let's Talk Filmmaking, a podcast where we talk about everything filmmaking. If you're a beginner and want to learn about filmmaking, or want to hear stories from a filmmaker like you, then this is the show for you. Because somewhere in this industry, you're a beginner. So let's talk and let's learn. Okay, so Jason, what's up? Oh, man. Hello, hello. So, what's up, dog? What's up? So we've been talking about, well, I've been talking about having you on the show for at least over a year. Uh, <laughs> especially, it was I was I already I already wanted to have you on the show uh, for one reason, but then when you said you was making a short film and you put it in the LA Film Prize, and I was like, oh, you definitely got to come on now. And uh, the film is done. You know, it's it's done. You like I said in. Uh, you ran it through a couple of um, film festivals. Like, how do you feel now about about everything from the beginning and where you are now with uh, Broken Boy? So, it has been kind of a wild year. So, this is my first short film as a director and a writer. And... It's like the main reason I wrote it was because <clears throat> when it comes to, you know, talking about, you know, queer life and talking about all of the nuances of queer life, you know, you just kind of want to be seen. And I figured the best way to be seen is to, you know, write your own experiences or write the experiences of, of the people around you or and stuff like that. So... Yeah, it's been a wild year. So to start from the beginning, it started out as a pitch for class, for like a class, right? Mm -hmm. So I was taking a class where we had to do pitches for, you know, for a potential, you know, series, movie or whatever. So that was one of the ideas I had. I had the idea of like, you know, what if, you know, someone had gone on a blind date and the person turns out to be someone that you already knew. And it went on from there and started it. And I, I kind of left it alone after the uh, pitch because I was like, okay, just wanted to get that out there. Just like, okay, whatever, it's done. But I went to Sundance also because of school and met a friend there Turns out the, who turned out to be my producer for the short um he read it and loved it and he wanted to you know work on it and it was just was like a short story i haven't really like wrote it as a script so after we like uh talked about it after sundance we 
well, I finished writing it as a short story because that's kind of how I write. I write as like a novel first, so mm. a short story first before I transition it into a script form. I don't know. I'm just mm-hmm. weird like that. <laughs> but after that, he helped try to transition it into more of a script form because I'm more, like I said, I'm, when it comes to writing, I write more like novels, more like prose rather than like script form. So it was kind of weird trying to transition into that. But that come as a combination of that and classes, it was like made it easier. So we got it done and then we're like, okay, then I wanted to put it in for a film prize. But I also um, wanted to put it in for like, there was like a little Sundance competition for like young filmmakers. Mm-hmm. I didn't win, unfortunately, sad face. But <laughs> it was a valiant effort. And I got my name out there, definitely. So we ended up producing it. Funny story. So I've around February, I, we finished the script. And we shot it the next month. So when it comes to casting, casting is probably like one of the wildest stories about it. Well, before, we before were, you get into casting, I do need to let people know that okay. you are a huge LGBT uh q supporter and this is i would say a lgbtq short film oh yeah no it's a very queer film <laughs> like i, I do want to and... throw make sure throw that out there because that uh, it, that changes a lot because you have a lot to um not only just got to be real the expectations for one but also just the uh realism and and you dropped two big R words, R words in this film, um, which I was like, oh, okay, we're really getting raw and grindy in this film. Uh, grindy probably isn't the right word uh, because <laughs> there isn't, there's no sex scenes, scenes or whatever. So I don't want people to think that, but uh I re- nothing I can, explicit. No, I. But knowing you, I could tell it's you. You wrote this. I can tell this has Jason all on it because <laughs> you are uh, you. <laughs> you're very. You're 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 very uh, genuine. You know, you are who you are. Like, I, there's no fakeness about it. And this film felt really real. So I'm, I'm quite sure, and I was amazed by even the actors. That's why I want to stop right there. The mm. actors, what were you looking for? Because this story was very real, and you had to have people that were comfortable, not only, one, being in, uh, in the film, support the film, but, two, you also had to find people that would be okay about the script and the topic funny you say that because they're the, those are the reasons why the actors decided to be on the film in the first place okay so i'm gonna rewind a little bit another reason why it went the route that it did is because you don't when it comes to being queer of course, there's like a lot of quote unquote taboos that, you know, straight people don't really talk about or don't really like to um, admit because, but it's kind of like, you know, queer people have the same 
and or similar experiences to straight people on top of other um how do you say on top of like other uh experiences that are unique to queer like to the queer community because you know society is kind of like placed so many different things on top of us mm-hmm. and sometimes it's hard to explain like right now i'm thinking about it and it's like it still is kind of like difficult to explain sometimes to someone who doesn't who probably won't be able to understand as much i'm pretty sure you can but you know it's still it's still like a lot well i mean it's 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 open mic here you can say whatever you want so (laughs) like i said (laughs) don't don't hold nothing back because i'm quite sure um, we do have some filmmakers that just want to create something like uh, you did. Um, and for one, like this being your first, well, this was your first short film. Yes, like, this like, was my first uh, film as taking control. Mm-hmm. Let's put it like that. Because all the other things I've worked on, I've worked on like, you know, a lot of crew stuff, like, you know, working as a PA mm-hmm. or like, you know, stills photographer. This is the first time I've this was something from scratch. I built something from nothing. <laughs> right. But, this was the first time you like actually directed, you know, um, I believe co-produced. You was one of the and, producer and, and uh, written, you know, this was something that you created from nothing. So yeah. Yeah. It's so, and, and it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's so weird. It it is weird, but it, but it was it was pretty good. Like I've seen some people first short films. Um, hell, even my first short film. Um, I have a whole episode about how much mess happened on that set uh, during that uh, period. Uh, it was just now nah, I didn't write it, and we're not gonna get into that. But uh. <laughs> that what that was a little bit of what happened like it was really good for your short film and um yeah kind of go get get back to uh finding the actors for this okay so funny story so i originally tried to film it in shreveport so film it locally so i kind of put out a cast and column whatnot but one thing I really I would not budge on, I wanted queer black like black queer uh actors in this film because I feel like the best way to show different experiences and to have the audience connect with the story and have actors connect is if they are part of the community in which the subject matter is talking about. So here in the SBC, there's there's a distinct lack of not only just the black actors, but also like black queer actors. There's like you can count on like maybe one hand how many of them there are in the area. So that was kind of a flop. <laughs> so my um, producer Brendan, he came up with the idea of you know filming it in Dallas, specifically in Richardson. So kind of put out something for that. And the response was almost immediate. Like all of a sudden we got like, yeah, it's weird because we got emails within maybe like a day. We had like seven emails from multiple people 
asking for uh you know to audition and that's how we got the two actors um J uh oh my god AJ Coco and Sean Lauren so we got them through that and funnily enough so AJ he plays Zay he's from LA he flew into Dallas from LA to shoot and that in itself was like wow <laughs> to have like right. a whole actor who's like he i think he, i think he's sag yeah, i think he's sag so, really mm-hmm. okay so pause, and, pause, pause there so you had a a a queer before LA? before i go any further go on before you go any further so this is also a student film because me and Brandon are students at the same school. So this is also technically classified as a student film. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just putting it out there, when I say SAG, because like whenever you say SAG and have a SAG person attached, whenever right. you, um, it's a student film, they can't really create You can't, you can't, no, you can't really like ask him to perform. Wait, yeah, I mean, not perform, you can't pay. You can't pay. There you go. They can't like force payment out of you. Oh, okay. Uh, if I remember correctly, so. But that's still huge, right. though. <laughs> that's still huge. Uh, uh, because, for one, I mean, I mean, what? How did you did you accommodate him in some way, like the plane? Because I mean, that's still huge. To, like to come from it LA is. to Dallas to support uh, a student film, and I mean. I immediately could tell. I was like, I don't recognize this table building or any of these people. So I was trying to figure out, I was like, <laughs> where, where are they shooting this? But you have people, you had a person fly in for one of the uh, main characters. And also you was shooting it in Dallas. And mm-hmm. to get such a, I'm sorry, the feedback. Like I'm, it, it's it's amazing you got the feedback that you got and the support you gotten for this, uh, and I don't know maybe because it was a student film I don't know but like I think that's pretty cool, uh, especially that this being your first big like short film. Yeah, it's, it's a lot to take on. It is a lot to take on, and I'm just really blessed because everything just fell in the, into the right spot because. Everything just fell into the right places, and that's my favorite aspect of everything. It was like everything just kind of felt right. Mm-hmm. There weren't any like extreme hiccups or anything. We were able to just like have a culmination of everything that I've learned, everything that we have all learned as a collective, and we just everything just worked. Well, and so this is a blessing. I, I find um, it, I find yeah. it hard to believe that everything worked. And uh, we talked about the actors. There's a lot more I do want to get into. Uh, but before we do that, we got to go on to commercial. And then when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the pre-production and how uh, things work also on set. Mm. <laughs> Soundstripe is the number one place for filmmakers, creatives, and YouTubers to have access to high-quality, royalty-free music. They have super affordable subscriptions starting as low as $11.25 per month. With unlimited downloads and licenses, the possibilities are just simply endless. 
They have over 5,000 plus quality songs, 40,000 plus sound effects, and get this, they even have over 70,000 premium stock videos. With access to curated playlists, your search is easy and you find exactly what you need. And with the worry-free licensing, you get a custom license available for every track. Soundstripe has given 10100 Media the opportunity to extend a 10% discount to other creatives. By going to soundstripe.com and using the code 10100, that's T-E-N-1-0-0, you get 10% off any plan. Go and sign up like right now. Take your production to the next level. Sign up with Soundstripe today. Okay, so we got we talked about how you got the actors. Now, uh, I I want to touch back on you. Of course, you didn't get much support here, uh, mainly because of just the the uh, the topic of the film, and also you wanted to make sure the representation was there. I do want to touch on that because. Yeah. I is is of course just in black community uh, period we talk about representation freaking almost every you know every damn film um, and for me I always say you never really can break that cycle unless you have actors and and just black black people in general play. Uh, a, a character that you normally wouldn't play, but just switch it up just a tad bit, um, and you do that so often to where you break that, that that um, you know that stereotype, and you break that uh, just the way you see these type of people and characters all the time to to where more writers can actually fit them into their films because they just never seen it. So I do want to. Uh, commend you on that and like did you did I know you thought about that a lot when you said you wanted to make sure you had that but like was it always like that for you because a lot happened last year <laughs> a, a lot, lot that happened last year um so one message I wanted to convey throughout working boy is that it's it being exactly what you think it is mm -hmm. can happen to anybody. So it was kind of like you can put any kind of actor, any kind of actress, any gender, anything, and the story will still be the same. And all of the nuances will be with how, like with what the actors look like and how their interactions with each other um, you know, <laughs> it works. So that's why, I mean, that's another reason why I wanted to specifically have black queer actors on because one, you don't really get to see a lot of black queer actors in anything. Mm -hmm. And if you do, it's very, they always get, you know, more scrutinized. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, yeah, it's subject to more scrutiny than, you know, some kind of white film. Mm -hmm. Honestly, Black films in general, they are always subject to way more scrutiny than, you know, the white film or white equivalent, you know, to put it bluntly. But well, what what do you mean? Because even I didn't really uh, so get that. OK, so for example, so let's do. OK, was it was it Girls Trip and Girls Night? 
so you mean girls trip girls trip that's with all the girls and you know honey what was it a bachelor or something like that but they went to some they went to new orleans new orleans ah yeah new orleans so (laughs) girls that was a girls trip and Mm -hmm. then that film was there that is also the white equivalent of it i think featuring like scarlett johansson i can't remember if it was like calling like girls night or date night or whatever Mm. but basically those two were essentially the same film but girl strip got less notoriety because of it ultimately girl strip became more iconic and ultimately got more money in box office i think but it was also like to have the concept of like having the same film as like hey here's a film that has all all black cast all you know and majority black crew then hollywood always decide to be like okay let's make a white film of the same thing and you a lot of times you expect the uh, white film to have more budget have more marketing just be put out there more than a black film and it's the it's the same energy as like you know living single versus friends friends is almost obviously way more iconic in the general public than the living single is mm-hmm. even though if you're in the black community the living single is like top tier so it's that same kind of like energy going on for that and while i did say like yeah i want to have it to where everybody can learn something from it this was written so we can have a representation for you know black queer people because it happens to black queer people and it never gets talked about, especially black queer men. It never gets talked about because, you know, society puts so much pressure on men to be stoic and to have a certain performance of masculinity, which prevents us from being able to, one, express our emotions and mm-hmm. two, be able to talk about our emotions and feelings and how we feel and stuff. And it comes out a lot more in violence and sexual assault because on top of that, you know, a lot of queer men, like a lot of us queers, are a little bit more promiscuous side. But it's like it always comes out as that because society has always, you know, shut, shunned us to the background. And now it's like here we are. <laughs> so that's kind of that's kind of like my thought process of it. But you, you're basically just trying like, to yeah. You're trying to. Um shed the light on what's been happening the whole time basically yes um, it's a subject matter that doesn't get talked about at all it gets oft um mentioned and be- when it comes to sexual assault and all of that right and because you know? i'm guessing because it isn't talked about you saying that's a more reason why it def more people i guess it happens to because they know nothing will be said i'm guessing which, exactly which is, yeah which you know that and- co- that goes back to the um, I'm really trying to not to, because uh, I want people. First of all, is there any way people can see the film uh, where 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 it is now? I have to talk to my producer about it because um, I'm not sure how long the festival run is going to be. Mm. But if uh, once the festival run is done, then it may get put up on YouTube or something of that, or Vimeo, something of that sort. I'm not entirely sure yet. So 
that's to be determined. Oh, yeah. Um, well, yeah, right just, now, it's in the middle of the festival circuit. Right, right. Did, yeah, just keep keep us updated because I definitely want people to watch it. Uh, it's just, course. you know, two, two, like I said, you dropped two R words uh, in the film. And, you know, that's that's all the hint you're going to get from me because I don't like spoilers. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, I've already uh, kind of talked about it a little bit myself, so oh. it's all good. Well, I mean, but yeah, you know, and, and, and <laughs> going going to the next thing, it, it go once again, your story was very real. And I felt that I've heard it and the language was there. How was it? when you was on set and you was filming and trying to do this like first of all you even had to what was the setting you had to get somebody to agree to even film there and do all this once again my producer brendan he comes the f through so funny (laughs) story we ended up filming inside his um so he has this apartment complex right this is a he lives uh there so that's the clubhouse like the little club room Mm. Mm-hmm. To the That's apartment. A, so, so yeah, it's not exactly in the well. We filmed in an apartment too for certain scenes, uh-huh. but um, most of it becomes like outside that area. So it was basically it was all shot within a um one setting, and because originally it's probably like in a coffee shop kind of style, mm-hmm. you know simple setting but so that's kind of how the vibe that you get from it's like okay we're in a coffee shop just kind of like you know chilling you know everyone's studying and then you have this like very nervous man just like ah so it on set it was uh, pretty fun because i had two veteran actors sean he's a uh, local to the dallas area he's been in the game for a minute too him and my friend brandon he that's a lot of Brandon's gonna be mentioned. Um, this one I'm talking about now is gonna be Brad. Oh. So, <laughs> so Brad and he's gonna be mentioned as Brad in the um, in this one. He's the actor. My friend Brandon, he's a producer. So I'm gonna be going back and forth. So. <laughs> Yes, this would be very confusing for the listeners for sure. Uh, so uh, okay, so Brandon was the producer, uh, mm-hmm. and 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 this Brad person, he was one of the actors. Yes, he um plays Tariq. Oh, okay. Is, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I thank God for all three of them because they all came came DF through for you know perf- their performances. They did really well. Um they actually got tapped onto the project because they really saw what I was trying to do mm-hmm. with it and they're like, "Yeah. Yeah, we can do it." So you know, Sean's local, AJ is from LA, Brad, he was also local. And it was really just really cool. Um it got shot within a day. So you know how we had experienced shutdown, right? So the weekend before shutdown in Dallas, we shot it. So mm. <laughs> we cut it extremely close. We shot it that Sunday. Well, uh, and yeah, we shot it that Sunday before everything shut down. I could now is now did because I know Texas took a little bit of time shutting down. Did it actually shut down or? Yeah, like it, it actually like like the closest thing to a shutdown Texas has ever gotten. Oh, okay, like at the at the beginning. 
Oh, okay. Like once everybody was once everything started to like really hit the fan. Oh, okay. Was when um it was like right after that. It was like that Monday. It was like Texas shuts down. And I was like, oh my god, we cut it really really close. Yeah, because um they also was uh I remember now it's all coming back. They was also closing pretty much the border between Texas and Louisiana as well. Like you couldn't even cross the border after a while. Yeah, we um uh, so we filmed the um oh by the way, the cinematographer is Mitch. He did a really good job on the cinematography on the film. Love it. Um the very end when it was handheld, he did such an amazing job of it. I cannot wait to show more people this uh film because oh my god, I think it shot beautifully. <laughs> so um yeah, it was shot like right before it shut down and we managed to me and Brandon managed to edit it within like a week mm-hmm. or so. Yeah, it was like a week or so because like the original thing that I was put turning it in for is due by March seventeenth. So we got it done and then it was like, Oh, by the way, because of COVID because of the you know health crisis, it got extended to March 30th. So it was like, oh, we just got granted an extra two weeks. So you know, it's a lot of fine tuning and all of that. And since this is my first, it was my first time, and I think Brendan's first or few times um, editing a film like that, it was a lot to do when it comes to like you know, you know, cutting and all that. I haven't I had a vision of what I wanted to uh, wanted it to look like, but Brendan. He took it to a whole nother level. The mm-hmm. black and white that's in the film, it's that was his idea. Really? It wasn't Mitch. Because you know Mitch loves his black and white because he's a Baby, he loves his black and black Mitch and white. Mitch loves but... <laughs> his black and white because of I'm trying to remember the film. Uh man. Mm, I can't think of it. But he loves his 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 black and white. So I was wondering if that was um, Mitch or but you saying it was uh the co producer Brandon. Yes. Um, yes, that was his idea about making it black and white. Because I'm like, I didn't want to fall into that trap of like, oh my God, we're going to be so edgy, so artsy. We're going to have it black and white right. and high contrast. And it's like, I didn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but a lot of people did like that a lot because it, I feel like it just kind of adds on to the nuance of it. Because, you know, when it comes to, you know, you don't, there's no color. So a lot of his like, you know, shadows and and all of that those color reference things when it comes to like black and whites. So it's like you don't really see quote unquote color or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm kinda of reaching at this point. But no, no. It's no like, you I, don't really see color I think, or whatever. I think I get what you get what you mean. Um which is which is which is cool because when I noticed it, I was like, "This is black and white." I was like, "This is probably the only thing that doesn't feel like Jason." Like I can't see him. That's why I was like, "Mitch is with him." This was probably Mitch. This black you, and your white. Your boy loves colors. <laughs> like I love colors. So, but I can also. There's also a lot of beauty in black and white. Yeah, oh, and yeah. you don't get distracted. That's the one thing I've realized. It's like I don't get as distracted because it's like I'll get distracted by colors easily. Mm-hmm. So when if everything being black and white, you're forced to 
just look at everything it's like okay everything's mono you know monochrome or whatever mm-hmm. so it's like it forces you to take that simulation off and just be like okay focus on the story focus on the acting focus on literally everything else except the uh, use of color and it kind of goes back to what i said about you can kind of imagine anybody in uh this kind of role because it's like yeah <laughs> but um <laughs> That was so bad. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, there, there's something else I want to touch on, and that's your okay, crew. Okay. Um, with you know, Mitch is your cinematographer. You had a boom operator, um, so you know you did have some uh, sort of sound uh, production there as well. Um, how was it getting that? You know, what? who was behind the scenes and how was it getting that crew together for this film? Because once again, people have to be all in for this. It was a very small crew. So it was just me, Brandon, Mitch, and uh, Zachary O'Connell. He's a great person that uh, Brandon knows. He, um, you know, wanted to work on films too. I think he is working on films as well. I think we're viewing them. I don't know. But um, he was, like, interested in, like, you know, helping with it. So it was like, hey, you, let's uh, get some sound. We got a, a boom mop. And so we got the boom mic and all of that. Getting, getting sound. Like, I feel like people don't realize how important sound is. They don't. Sound and lighting are probably going to be your most important things on top of having good story and good acting. Because like you can do good acting, but if you can't hear what they're saying, what's the point? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was really good to have like that layer of like what feels like it's professional. Like I actually got a lot of good feedback from like how things went on set because you know, I've been on sets where like everything took like 2 to 3 hours to do. For like a five second, ten second scene. Sometimes it does. <laughs> it be sometimes, like that. Yeah, I sometimes feel like it that. really does. Um, but I mean, for the reason why you didn't have them, because for one, um, um, like, do you, do you remember what camera you were using? Like, um, um, yes, I saw pictures. Like, it's not like you had too many rigs going on. So the the timing of everything, and I mean, how, the amount of settings you have. Um, you didn't have that many. Uh, now, Mm-mm. I did wonder one thing. Did you have two cameras at one time? Were you shooting two cameras? Do you have an A and B camera? So, once again, I'm going to pimp out Brandon because he came the F through. So, his brother? Is it his brother or his cousin? I might be wrong. But some he has a lot of family members that are in that's into photography. So and they came into town around the same time. Mm. So it was all like he had his they had both had um with a Canon five D Mark Twos. Yeah, it was a uh, Mark D yeah, Canon, I think Mark Twos. Five D Mark Twos, I think. And maybe those things were powerful. <laughs> And, Those and, are some powerful cameras. Oh my god, they shot really beautiful uh, video. Okay, so you okay? Because I did notice like some of the cuts was very seamless. I'm like, either these actors are very good at repeating themselves, or he had two cameras. Uh. <laughs> oh, yeah, we also had two cameras, but it's also um, 
we went from two to one kind of halfway through mm-hmm. but at about the point time we uh dropped to uh one camera we were already done like we already finished the bulk of everything mm. so um we just dropped to one and honestly like because of how everything through is like it was it's a small 10 page script so and there's only like two locations to go through so we Actually, the very end of the film we did first. We were up at like six in the morning. It was cold. We're trying to like get that done. And once I got that done, then we had spent the rest of the day um, shooting in the coffee shop. So I think from I can't remember how long. It was like from maybe six a.m. to about four or five. Mm. So basically, it's like six a.m. to five p.m. That's kind of how long production lasted actually <laughs> it was really interesting to just have just a one day production for like a 15 minute short 13 minute uh, short film and you don't really expect that a lot of times so it was like very very cool to see how that do how that uh worked and we kind of went from like top to bottom because like the rest of the film is like in one location before you go to the second location mm-hmm. so it kind of ran almost ran it like a play well I don't say random like a play. We kind of broke it down, like every couple of pages or so. Mm-hmm. So it was like beat, it was like kind of beat by beat. Then we kind of like shot it. So that helped a lot in terms of um, you know, getting the actors used to everything and shooting everything and making sure that we kind of like if we had our ideas to what we wanted, like you know, um, especially when it comes to like the meets on set and everything of everything everything how everything was on the frame we were able to like point out ideas and it was a very collaborative process which of course film is a collaborative process but this is very like everybody wanted this to happen so it was very easy to um you know just go and shoot we had a fun time um um there wasn't really much in a form of problems at all for I, this I so hear it was great. I hear and uh <laughs> I'm gonna need you to squeeze out some a little bit. Uh and we're gonna talk about those problems when we come back from our last break. Um uh, once again we're gonna talk about the problems and pretty much go over what we talked about about Broken Boy once again. Uh, that's a short film Jason with his company Sisu Studios worked on. We'll be back after the break. We have so much to talk about on Let's Talk Filmmaking. We have so many guests that have nothing but great experiences to tell you about. Of course, me and B have a couple of experiences to tell you as well. We've also had guests come on a show to promote their new feature or short film. It takes time and effort to reach out to get some of these guests, and we try to bring you worthy information every week. We love working and building this platform, but we could use your help. We're asking every listener to subscribe to our $1 Patreon subscription to help keep the show running. It takes a lot of time behind the scenes, and to make what we have grow, we need your support. Click the link below and subscribe to our Patreon, and let's build a film community we all can grow from. Okay, we're back. Just a quick overview of what we've talked about. Okay, first of all, Jason, you're lucky. Um, even though you couldn't find nobody in our sorry of a film area, um, <laughs> you were able to go to Dallas. You found an amazing, uh, crew 
uh, and people to support your film. Uh, I haven't heard much issues about being on set. I mean, quite frankly, I mean, you, this really sounds, you know, for lack of better words, easier than Sunday morning, morning. So like what happened? Because I guarantee everybody would not get as lucky as you have been with your short film. So what happened that, what, like, what were some setbacks? You know, there had to be something that caused you to, uh, have to maneuver in some way, uh, like some learning experiences. Oh, of course there was a learning experience <laughs> from all <laughs> of this. So let me tell you, like casting was easy, but it was also difficult. Okay, so rewind. One of black queer people, right? So funny enough, okay, so there's this website that me and Brendan did not sign up for. He posted a call on Facebook. That's how we got shunned. How we got AJ was somebody or something, some kind of algorithm, some kind of higher power posted on, I forgot, this casting website. No one knows. No one knows what happened because I sure didn't do it because a lot of them cost money. Mm. Brandon didn't do it because once again it costs money. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> we were like, we got all of these people. We got like seven, seven different auditions and all of that. Seven uh, auditions, and it was like, oh my god, <laughs> and it was wild because I. I just wasn't expecting it. And we still don't know what happened. There's like, I forgot what website it is. Don't at me. Was, but I, was but it uh, backstage? I can't remember if it was backstage, all casting, or, or what. It was one of those, like, mm. that was on there. But yeah, it got posted on there. And that's how we got a lot of the, uh, that's how I got AJ from, from LA. So that was really, really cool. Um, and on set, I think, okay, for me personally, this was a learning experience because your boy likes to talk himself out of things. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah, I have the worst tendency to like talk myself out of it because of like, I sometimes feel like I don't really know what I'm doing. It's like, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I, I can't do this. I freaking suck. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, Which we all go through that. I mean, even the most experienced people like you know they they say okay this is gonna suck why am i doing this why do people watch my shit this is garbage you know people still this today they still go through that yeah and you know we've had conversations about how i feel about a lot of stuff so it's like this one comes as a surprise to you so but it was just like a lot of pushing that it was like a lot of pushing that I wanted to do personally in order to, you know, better myself because it was like uh, when I went to LA, I was talking to um, one of the, like the professors and I won't say I got a rude awakening, but it was kind of like a wake up call. It's like, hey, you know you're talented, but no one's going to know that you're talented if you don't put out the work to like let people know that you're talented. And that was like, oh, so you're saying I don't suck. That was most of what I got from it at the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, so you're saying that 
I am doing this for a reason. That I'm just like not just taking it. It's like, no, you dummy. I was like, oh. And then talk meeting Brandon and like and everybody else at Sundance, like my other classmates, and having them read through those pitches and reading Broken Boy, like the draft of it, and they're like, yo, you should produce this. And then getting feedback from like a lot of other local um, you know, filmmakers, actors in the area, they were like, okay, you gotta do this. And that's kind of the push that I really, really, really needed in order for me to actually do it. I've gotten support from a lot of people. I got support from my partner. Love him so much. <laughs> um they everybody pushes me. They push me to be able to be better. And even when I'm not saying I am. And hearing hearing all of this and it it's kind of eye-opening because it's like wow i'm actually here for a reason there's so many people who say they've gotten closure or they've reached some kind of catharsis from watching broken boy and hearing people say be able to express a, a stories and be like it brings them closure or some form of closure or to right. be like mm-hmm. maybe to stand up to person people that have hurt them mm-hmm. and be like yo fuck you and like all of that and just kind of confront that trauma hit it like you know hit it head on and then be able to actually like move on move forward grow from it from all current forms of trauma (laughs) it it gives much um I'm sorry, I'm trying to think of the right for, word for it. It it makes me happy and it makes me feel like I can naturally do more and to be able to convey more of how I feel of and how to be able to represent myself on the silver screen. One thing I can't wait for is for um to be able to actually have a screening like an actual physical um, screening of the film. I know technically it can be possible, but with COVID restrictions still being a thing, it is going to be difficult to do, but I would love to do that someday. Yeah. To um, have a screening or something like of that sort of a broken boy here and for have people, you know, see what I've got to offer. And one thing that another thing that kind of uh shook me up up a little bit in a good way is that um going to sundance and meeting all of these actual famous people and being like oh my god i love you so much you're you're great like hearing their stories and about how much they've worked i kind of want to be more than just a fanboy right I want to be able to work with the people I love to see on screen. I love to be able to like have people who are important, like write, like read my work and, and look at my work and be like, Oh my God, I see where you're coming from. I think all I want to be is understood. Mm-hmm. No, I, and yeah, that's ultimately yeah, what it is. I just want to be understood as artist. And as a you know person, I feel that I feel that. Um, 
once again, uh, it's nothing like having a support group around, especially in this industry uh, and pretty much in any creative uh, industry. Uh, it's great to have that uh, just support to make sure you don't fall back and, you know, uh, succumb to those thoughts that, that like I said, everybody has. Um, I asked you to bring up something that uh, <laughs> was a setback or something, but you proved once again you have some you 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 had a support group to help you out through it. So I can honestly say, like, dude, you for your first uh, short film, like it's it seemed like you really had a great uh, not only just community backing you, but just uh, just a great crew time and yeah I can't wait for people to be able to see it as well because of course you know I saw it and um, I thought it was great I can see why it did get to the heights that it did uh, go I know it's, you're still entering it in more festivals but yeah no definitely it's it's it deserves everything it has gotten so far Thank you. I, I really do appreciate that. <laughs> it means a lot. That being said, what is the next step for after the uh, it goes to the film festivals? What is the next step for Broken Boy and also Sisu uh, Studios? So right now we're still on a festival circuit. Um, honestly, I think for shorts, I can it really just depends because I know for a lot of um shorts it's like you can post it on YouTube and still be able to submit it. Mm-hmm. So I might talk to my um Brent my talk to Brendan and see about, you know, doing an official release on YouTube or Vimeo or something. Because I've got opportunities to um put it on more I guess you can say paid platforms. Right. But it's right now it's kinda not a, really about the money. Shoot, it's more so the opportunity. You, you know, I get it, but you know, whatever, get those, get those, uh, what is it per hour? Sometimes they are. It's it's weird. I'm trying to, I'm I'm still figuring all of that out, but it's like, (laughs) I know really, I still am. It's like, this is all new. It's like Mm -hmm. internet festival market, it's like being an active member of the film industry. It's like, it's it's still pretty new, even though like I've kind of sort of been in it, but like from one end, but coming at it from a different perspective, it is still like, oh my god! So I can't wait to have like you know bigger budgets and to have you know more ambitious um, scripts. Um, when it comes to CC Studios, um, right now just like you know working on. You know, trying to write more stuff, trying to see what sticks. Me outside of like company stuff, I'm just trying to like you know collaborate more, trying to work more with people, trying to get more stuff off the ground. Like um, I'm tapped on to do a couple of projects right now. I can't really talk about them mm-hmm. at the moment because it's still up in the air. Right. But um, yeah, I've been tapped on to do a couple of projects, and I'm. Willing to do more once I graduate from college. 
which hopefully will be this semester, Yo, which what? I think it will be. What college? Because uh, last time we met, you was, you know, doing your whole, like, what was it, Spanish or um, Japanese? Uh, <laughs> oh, Spanish was, stuff. Spanish. It was like my, uh, I yeah, my um, last semester in Arizona State University. Arizona State University. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when I tell you, like, if it wasn't for that, Broken Boy probably wouldn't have been made. Mm. So there is a plus from what well, I always tell people is what you make it with film school or at least like in, in, going to school for and learning film. It's what you make it because especially if you have great professors, um, take advantage as much as you can. Don't go to college you know, learn all of the theory um, and, you know, everything and don't work, you know, don't just go to school and, and don't work, like go to school and work and 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 continue to build those connections like you did um, and, you know, go from there. I think it's when you don't work and you gather more connections and 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 just waste the the tools you have that's when you fail because if if that's the reason why you're going to film school i say no just get it go watch youtube and get a course you know do that you know but if you want to build those connections really get those hands on and get that you know support like you say and get that theory and learn a lot of aspects that you really won't probably get in a course I'm just saying, uh, yeah, that that's that's the difference. Uh, I totally agree because most is most of the industry is in the form of connections. It's all about who you know, mm-hmm. and while here in the area and SBC, we haven't really everything. Mm, 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 trying to put this in a non-petty way. Um, I'll say it. We have connections, but pretty much, pretty much everybody has, uh, for the most part, given up. The people that matters matter, and then the people that love film for what it is have given up. And now it's nothing but you know the people that want that's using it to make money. You got media mediocrity everywhere. It's not healthy. It's not. <laughs> And it's not, and every it just feels like there's so many different you know ways to film something that you see you see uh, like how people like people's soul I like to say and like how they get to see the world in the form of film, mm-hmm. but you don't really get to see much of that here. Um, I can probably say that the way that my film was shot was shot i think it shot beautifully there's so many great uh you know short films that have been you know shot around the area that they look really good but there's not really much of a soul it's like a husk right and at least i can say my film has a little bit of soul in it that you know i can't really say very much else and you know i stand by my film i stand by my people i stand by the people that supported me throughout all of this and i've tried to get more work as a result of it 
especially here in the area. But, you know, sometimes you just have to do your own stuff. Do your own stuff. And that's kind yeah. of my perspective. And I was like, if I'm going to want to do stuff, I'm just going to have to do it on my own. It may take a, a little bit of pushing, but it can get done. Do it. Do do continue to do your own stuff because that's the only way. Um, the thing your film had a lot of other filmmakers here. <laughs> kind of hurt to even call them that. A lot of filmmakers here uh, <laughs> have uh, that they're lacking is you actually had a great story in a great and you had great moments and. You know, just just as much as a short film, a film, anything, if you have terrible audio, garbage. If you have a terrible story, oh, my God, how uh, forget the sound. I'm, I'm getting out of here. I can't even watch it. I can't even comprehend what I'm watching. So, you know, that's that's that. So I believe you're you're saying you ha- you have and. I didn't listen with my headphones on when I was watching your film because obviously that does matter. But I think the sound and um, the lighting, of course, there's, of course, if we was we if we sat down and critique it, you know, there's all types of stuff we could probably say. Oh, you could have, should have, would have, you know, whatever. But you had a great balance of everything. Um, but overall. The story, the language, the feel, the the reason why you had certain elements in there, I believe that's why um, your film stood out more than others. Because some people just throw crap together or say, hey, this would look cool, and then go shoot it. <laughs> you know? Not even going to lie, I'm kind of sad, though, because um, you know how you know you go into the festival market, you get a few wins, but you get a lot more losses. So there were many um, different kind of niche film festivals that I didn't get a chance to be a part of because I, my film did get selected. And I'm like, I just wonder. Oh, it just kind of makes you wonder why, you mm-hmm. know? Wonder why did my film get selected, but then you get it like, you know, this little hokey pokey on the side that gets like top honors. And I'm like, maybe it's just not for them. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. And that's kind of like my perspective on it is I guess. It's like you know, I um you know, you gotta you know, kinda test the waters throughout everywhere just to see what sticks. And so far, um I've gone to a lot of niche uh festivals, which is cool. I love niche festivals, but um I was hoping to try to go for maybe like one or two bigger festivals and although um those big festivals kind of didn't accept me or my film so it was kind of sad and it was kind of discouraging for a while because it's like it kind of brought me back to like am I actually good at this kind of vibe even I'm like I'm all right (laughs) but it just it is kind of disheartening when you think you make something really good and you're just like oh it's not as good as I thought maybe you didn't connect with all the people that you want to connect with and that's the beautiful thing about film is like even if if you can get something out of it even if it's not like you know oh you connected with the story you can at least 
talk about the technical side of things, like or like the you know creative side of things with acting, set design, um, you know, lighting, how the cinematography, how something was shot. Mm-hmm. So that's just kind of like you, you, if a good film, you can appreciate any some aspect of it. Is if you put it like that, yeah. <laughs> if you can appreciate at least something from it, that means it's a good film. There are some films that are just like horrible, horrible, horrible. That you know, it's just obvious, like soulless cash grabs. But other than that, I feel like what is considered a good film. My definition of a good film is like a little bit wider than most people's, because. I feel like I'm the Paula Abdul of uh, <laughs> of like critiquing. Mm. I, I want to be like, hey, you did this. You could improve on this, but you did this well. And as much as I want to be like the Simon cow, I'm just like, I guess I'm just because I'm too nice. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying. I have to be a little bit more on the like, not, I'll say not nice. Have to be on a more um, nuanced side. Of things when I, if I want to do like you know critique of films and all of that so <laughs> I know that was like a whole ramble but yeah no dude you're fine yeah leave the Simon stuff to me I, w- I would gladly um rip something uh apart you know not just saying you know not saying that all of my uh work has been like just flawless but I mean that's just you're able to see things and you have to be able to adapt it to your film um but yeah keep just keep doing what you're doing because like i said i really liked it i've seen some people first um shorts and i'm like yeah no this doesn't work for me i i can't even finish it so um i was able to finish yours though so definitely keep up with that work where can people find uh of course you're gonna keep me updated when broken boy will be available for the listeners to view it but where can people uh, keep up with you and your work so related to anything broken boy is going to be on instagram and facebook under uh, broken boy film more for my um photography and videography right now i haven't changed it yet but it's going to be under sisu photo s-i-s-u-f-o-t-o and if you just want to see me like shit post <laughs> And like be just a noob on the internet. Um, you can add me on like Twitter under Speaker Night S P E A K N I G H T. If you want to like you know see me just like be a noob or nerve or whatever. Um, or uh, what else? If you want to look at more professional stuff and actually see me as what I should be on Twitter, um, it'd be under Trent Poe. T-R-E-N-T-P-O-E. I have a, one more funny story about that. Go on. So I, I, I didn't I was like, what is that? <laughs> okay, so I okay, for it was had a class that I had to take that we had to make a Twitter profile. And I did not want to use my personal because I talk a lot of things on there. Right. A lot of shit. <laughs> so um I made one. And it was kind of like, okay, I wanted to use it for class. And then after that, I started to realize, like, you know, I could use this for my um, photography and my videography work. Mm -hmm. So I kind of just repurposed it for that. And 
I'm, it's kind of like it's still there but um i when i made it i was like really into edgar Allan poe at the time so and trent is my middle name so i was like i can be like huh maybe a pen name or like an alias that i can go under at this point people are gonna know as me is people are gonna know as me but you know whatever yeah so um <laughs> so i'm kind of going to use that for more of my professional work if you can say mm-hmm. professional work so those are going to be my main twitter handles um and yes yeah, for like my facebook or instagram is going to be more sounded like sisu photo or you know whatever film i make next or i'm a part of next because mm, part of me believes that if you're going to make a film, you're going to, um, you know, promote the heck out of it. So there's going to be a chance you can have like a separate, you know, Instagram or separate social media account for just that. Right. So you can just have all of that and go on from there. But, you know, there's a chance that I could be like use it for consolidate all my film work into that one profile. But who knows? Well, one, one last question. What are the chances What's the chance that uh, Broken Boy would be a series? Either an online series, you know, what are the chances of it becoming that? Because I feel oh. like it's there. Have, have <laughs> there been talk talks about it, especially like the way it ended? Like, are there talks about it? Have you thought about it? Okay, so I have, I've thought about expanding on it to maybe like a feature, but um, I haven't thought about doing it into like a little limited series. Um, I think it'd be cool as a series. I can, I think I, if I can do it as a limited series, that'd be pretty cool to do. I haven't really thought about it too much because there's more I can do with these characters. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like just trying to see how to go about doing everything. Am I going to do like one overarching story, or is this going to be like you know get to see a little bit of uh, their lives or whatnot? Um, there's a lot that I can probably do with it. <laughs> one of my um, friends is all like, "You should totally write something for one of the actors, Shun, because um, my like when it comes to." Um, the characters in, in this short, they're all college age. But if um, I write the series, it's probably going to be more towards the like, more you know, mid-20s or uh, 30s kind of audience. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like one thing I can think of is like try to like bring it to like an older, quote-unquote older audience and see how that goes. Um, but I can see about you know making it into series i can see what happens like i might write something up to see mm, how yeah. that goes that's that's the only way to do it write it right I, <laughs> i'll look into that well cool, cool thank you man. for the idea yeah no no problem man definitely uh can't wait to have you uh back on the show for of course your next projects and uh what we have in store for the future um, I'm glad I was finally able to get you on the show before I let you go. Usually, B leaves us with some uh, inspiring words, but she's not here. So I guess that job is up to me. So 
for those who are listening, uh, as Pressure. Jason, right? Jason has said um, this was his first fe- feature film. Not feature film. This was his first short film. Of course, everybody would not be as uh, lucky as Jason, but the moral of the story is he jumped. He jumped. He got something done, and it came out great. Even if you jump, you made you made a successful move. And this is 2021. This is the year for making those moves that you could not make, and the year that shall not be named. So definitely take this episode, uh, use it to build momentum, and just get shit done. I try my best. B. You'll be back next week. Can't wait for you to take over that part because, yeah, I'm a little bit too (laughs) straightforward for it. But other than that, I do want to thank everybody for listening to this uh, episode. Of course, donate to the show so we can can keep things rolling and uh, so we can also focus and make sure we're able to get these amazing stories. Take the time out of our busy lifestyle so we can actually record and get these stories to you. Until next time. We will catch you all later. Jason, thank you for coming. Thank you, and thank you for the beautiful words. They really moved me. (laughs) No problem, man. No problem. See ya. See ya.